بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by sending salutations upon our beloved messenger and our leader and our imam and our role model Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his bounties and his favors and his mercies especially on the blessed day of Al-Jumu'ah which is the best day of the week and it is the weekly Eid of the Muslims. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillah we find ourselves, is this your first week back at university? Alhamdulillah. So we praise Allah Azza wa Jal for that and we know that Islam is a religion that encourages us to seek knowledge. Islam is a religion that places a lot of importance and emphasis on seeking knowledge. All types of knowledge that is beneficial. Not just Islamic knowledge, but knowledge of the dunya as well. Having a field, a, spe- a specialization in this world is something that's encouraged in this religion of Islam. Alhamdulillah. So as we are here, we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using us. He's using us, He's granted us the opportunity to seek knowledge at a tertiary level. And this is a bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that some people are not favored with. So it requires us to praise Allah for it and to show Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gratitude for this favor of His. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says in a hadith that when you slaughter an animal, فَأَحْسِنُ الْقِتْلَةِ Which means, do it in the best possible way. Do it in the, the best possible way. In another hadith, a famous hadith of Jibreel, when Jibreel alayhi salam came in the form of a man to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he asked him certain important questions. One of those questions was, what is Iman? What is Islam? And then, what is Ihsan? What is Ihsan? And he said, Ihsan is that you worship Allah as if you can see Allah. But if you cannot see Allah, then know that Allah, He sees you. And this is something that is like the higher level, you know, in the religion that we strive for. If we were to translate it to one word, strive for perfection. If you can't be perfect, be as close as you can be. This is what this hadith is telling us. Firstly, in matters of worship, that when you worship Allah, you stand up for salah, try your best to pray in the best possible way. When you fast, you try to fast in the best possible way. The previous hadith we said, when you slaughter, slaughter in the best possible way. Sharpen your knives, don't let the animals see, etc., etc. We just came from the Qurban season. Alhamdulillah. What do we learn from these two ahadith? That the Muslim must try for perfection. That the Muslim must try and be as best as he can be. And this is something that's very, very important for us as youth that we take this message, which is the message of the Prophet wasallam, and we try to implement it. Because as an ummah, as a nation, you know, worldwide, it's something that we lack. 
It's something that we as Muslims are lacking in, striving for perfection, striving to be as best as possible, to be better, and not settling for what? Mediocrity. Settling for a pass mark. The pass mark is 50%. If I get it, alhamdulillah, I did. You know, I'm, I'm through. And that's how we as students, you know, everybody, uh, as long as I get there, I'm there. But actually, Islam doesn't want this. Islam wants you to be the best. Islam wants you to be on the dean's list. Islam wants your distinctions. And then to take it further and to go into your respective fields and to strive for perfection. And this is how the Muslims of old used to be. If you do research in any of the fields, you will find in the medical field, engineering field, whichever field, you will find many mathematics. You will find there were Muslims who were pioneers in these fields, who who founded things and theories and whatever the field, you know, consists of. But today we are lacking in this. The non-Muslims are outdoing us in this. So we need to strive for ihsan. Because this is also how we represent this ummah. You represent Islam in whichever field you are in. You become a pharmacist, you are a Muslim pharmacist first. You become a lawyer, you are a Muslim lawyer first. You're in business, you're in medicine, whichever field you find yourself in, you are a Muslim first and foremost. And people, they will judge you and judge Islam based on your actions. They look at us, the way we speak, the way we interact, the way we dress, the way we, you know, everything, the way we deal, interact, our business dealings, transaction-wise, our akhlaq, our character. All of this requires us to strive for ihsan. That we strive to be the best as possible. We strive to be the best as possible. When Aisha radiallahu anha, the beloved wife of the Prophet sallallahu was asked, how was the character of the Prophet sallallahu What did she say? Kana Quran. His character was the Quran. The way he lived, he lived the teachings of Allah. The way he dealt with others, his character was as close to perfection as if not perfect. We will not reach that level, but we need to strive to get to as, to get as close as possible. This is the first nasiha for today, inshallah. That as students, let's not settle for second best, third best, past mark. Let's change our attitudes. Because this goes further than just passing and getting your certificate, graduating. There's a bigger picture that we need to understand. And that is, we're representing the deen of Allah. As a Muslim, I'm representing Islam wherever I go. Whether I'm at campus, whether I'm working one day, inshallah, I'm still representing the religion of Allah. And for that reason, I need to be better. Because it's not just about me. This ummah is a, a body. Prophet ﷺ described us as a body. That when one part of the body feels pain, the rest also feels it. The rest also feels it. So when we adopt a selfish attitude, we are also harming our others, the rest of the ummah. And this is what has happened today. Each one of us, each of us, we've all just gone our own way. You know, we look after ourselves. We get our certificate. As long as we're getting our income, 
we can look after ourselves and our family, all's good. But not realizing the bigger picture, that our, our actions have consequences that, will, that, has an, that has a ripple effect on the entire ummah. And the ummah is global today, right? It's a global village, the world has become. So let us realize this bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. And take this first nasiha, alhamdulillah, it's a fresh start, new semester, new term. Take this advice of the Prophet sallallahu and strive for perfection. Change the attitudes, strive for perfection. Our second nasiha is the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in a hadith, مَنْ يُرِدِ اللَّهُ بِهِ خَيْرًا يُفَقِّهُ فِي الدِّينِ in a hadith in Sahih al-Bukhari and Muslim, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, When Allah desires goodness for a person, He grants that person the, the understanding of the religion. He grants him understanding of the deen. What do we learn from this? We learn that knowledge, as Muslims, we seek knowledge. As the saying goes from the cradle to the grave. This is not a hadith by the way. It's a saying of some of the scholars. We seek from the cradle to the grave. This is correct. But we have to understand the importance of Islamic knowledge. Islamic knowledge is the true knowledge that we need to strive for. We can strive in whichever field we are in. But we never forget the knowledge of Allah. The knowledge of his Quran, of his book. The knowledge of the Prophet ﷺ and the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. This is of utmost importance. So the Prophet said, when Allah wants goodness for a person, He grants him understanding of the religion. Specifically of the religion. If we take the opposite meaning of the hadith, what does it mean? What does the opposite meaning mean? If Allah does not want goodness for a person, then he keeps that person ignorant of the religion. And this is a message to us that we need to strive and make an effort to seek knowledge. We need to make time, whether it's once a week, whether it's, but there must be some time and some importance given that I need to seek some form of Islamic knowledge. And today we have no excuses. It's not like in the time of the classical scholars where to seek knowledge they would travel for months spend months sitting at the feet of a scholar and then spending months going home years spent in the path of Allah today we mentioned it's a global village you can seek knowledge from an app you can seek knowledge through websites you can do online courses if you don't have the access to classes in your masajid or classes where you know that you have access to you can do it in your own time from the luxury and the comfort of your home. Allah has made things easy for us. <coughs> and knowledge is widespread. It's not like you have to go far and find a sheikh. It's widespread. It's literally at the tips of our fingertips. So this is something that is important for us to understand. Because we will be questioned about this. Allah is going to ask us about these favors. I gave you intelligence. I gave you opportunity. I gave you time. I gave you life. What did you do with it? Where did you spend your intellect? 
Did you give time to the deen of Allah? Did you give time to pondering the Qur'an? Did you give time to understanding the Qur'an? As well as the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. In another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Man salaka tariqan yaltamisu fihi ilman sahalallahu lahu bihi ilal jannah. O tariqan ilal jannah. Which means, whoever, whoever treads a path in which he seeks knowledge of the religion of Allah, Allah will make his path to paradise easy. Allah will make his path to Jannah easy. Ultimately, no matter what field we go into in this world, what is our ultimate goal? What is our ultimate goal? We can have a, a goal to graduate. We can have a goal to come top of the class. We can have a goal to get a good job one day. We can have a goal to do masters and doctorates and whatever else you want to do. Those are all fine and good. But ultimately, the one who enters paradise has achieved success. The one who enters Jannah and he was saved from the fire, these are the successful ones. These are the successful ones. Standing in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with a certificate saying, Ya Allah, here's my, this is what I have achieved. Here's what I achieved. Is that going to put our books in the right hand? Is that going to cause our books to be, you know, not put into the left hand on the day of Qiyamah? Ultimately, as Muslims, we realize that there's a bigger picture. That this dunya is fleeting. This dunya is temporary. It's short-lived. And we have no guarantees in this world. Nothing. The only guarantee we have is mawt. The one yaqeen we have, the one certainty and guarantee that we have is we're going to die one day. And that's why Allah said, وَعَبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ Continue to worship your Lord until certainty comes to you. Until that guarantee reaches you. And that guarantee is only your death. This is something we need to reflect over. It's something that we need to understand the importance of. We're hearing of youngsters passing away. Subhanallah, every week you hear, whether it's locally, abroad, it happens. People get sick overnight. People get sick. I mean, subhanallah. So we need to understand the importance of treading a path where Allah makes our path to Jannah easy. And this is a path where we incorporate Islamic knowledge into our lives. We try our best to seek some form of knowledge. Be it a halaq of hadith somewhere, a fiqh class somewhere, a tawheed class somewhere, aqidah classes. Start somewhere. Make an effort. And taste the sweetness of the knowledge. Because there's no knowledge like Islamic knowledge. There's no knowledge that can change your life like the knowledge of Allah. Learning who your Rabb is. Who is Allah? Why do we worship Allah? Why is He worthy of our worship? These are questions we need to ask ourselves. Not to say we doubt, but we need to know who our Rabb is. Because to taste the sweetness of worshipping Allah, we need to know Allah. If you don't know who Allah is, how are we going to appreciate worshipping Him? Right? We know our parents, so it's easy to serve them. It's easy to be obedient to them because we know them. We know who they are. We know what they've done for us. 
But if we don't study who Allah is, what Allah tells us about Himself, what the Prophet tells us about Allah and His attributes and His names, His perfect beautiful names, how are we going to appreciate who Allah is so that we can actually worship Him appropriately? So that we can actually taste the sweetness of servitude to Allah. It only comes with knowledge. Knowledge is our protection. It's a shield. If we look around us, what else do we find? What's happening in this world? Are things getting better or worse? Are things getting better in, in terms of an Islamic environment or worse? As Muslims, we want an Islamic environment as best as possible. Most of you brothers in front of me, alhamdulillah, are young. Right? So I'm assuming most are not married. I'm assuming most are not married. Hence, you don't have children yet. But think ahead. Just imagine you have one, two, three children. Allah grant us all offspring, Amin. that are righteous. Imagine, 20 years time, you've got children growing up. What school am I going to send them to? What devices am I going to give them for them to sit with, for them to grow up with? Because you know what's on these devices. As the youngsters, you know best what's happening on TikTok and what you faced with as a fitna on Snapchat and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and, 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 and. Imagine when your children grow up, what's it going to be like? Is it going to get better? Think back 10 years ago, what was the condition like? Was it better? It was a lot better. It's only getting worse. And the influence of the West and the Kuffar is only getting worse. And Allah Azza wa Jal tells us in the Quran that indeed the disbelievers yunfiquna amwalahum liyasuddu an sabilillah. They spend their wealth. They invest billions to turn you away from the path of Allah. Understand this. There's an agenda that's happening by the disbelievers which is put into place to turn everybody in this world away from Allah. And everywhere you look, this is what you find. Even your school syllabus is not safe. Even your syllabus that you study that children are growing up with is not safe. What you see on TV is influence from the West. What you see on YouTube and social media it's all there to, to what? To, to control us. Not to mean we are robots, but to control the way we think. To desensitize us to certain ideologies and beliefs and so forth. The, how do you defend yourself? And how do you protect yourself and your children and your family one day? What's the answer? It's with knowledge. If you know the Sharia of Allah, you know the limits of Allah, you know what Allah has said, you know what the Prophet has said, you can put these things into practice. You can put these laws and rules into place in your homes. And you can raise your children and your family the way we as Muslims are supposed to do that. كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ 
right? The Prophet said, every single one of you, you are a shepherd and you are going to be asked about your flock. As a father, you'll be asked about your home, your children, your wife. As a mother, you'll be asked about your home, your children, and so forth. We are young, we, you know, we've all been there. We know what it's like. But think bigger, think ahead, think there's a bigger picture coming. In this world firstly, and then in the year after, is eternity. It's, etern- it's eternal. Can we even imagine eternity? I don't think our small minds can comprehend it. You can bring the most intelligent professor. You won't, you won't comprehend eternity. It's beyond us. It's beyond us. How old are we? 20s, 30s maybe. Some a bit older. Some a bit younger. The Prophet wasallam, and I'll end on this, is our role model. Maybe I shouldn't use him as, as an example because we're thinking he's the Prophet. You know, he's, he's the best of Allah's creation. And Let's use the Sahabi. He wasn't a Prophet. He didn't receive revelation from Allah. Let's use any Sahabi. Uthman, Umar. When did they pass away? When did they die? They've all passed away. They've left this world. Their time for good deeds have expired. How many years has it been? Approximately. 1,400 years. Approximately. Give or take. What does that mean? Think of this man. For 1,400 years, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? He's in the grave. He's in his qabr. For 1,400 years of this world, he's sitting in his qabr, laying in his qabr. How long did he live in this dunya? To enjoy this world, to enjoy himself, be it with females, be it with music, be it with smoking, be it with entertainment. How long did he have? 63 years. Uthman radiallahu The Prophet also 63 years. That's the lifespan we have. But what we achieve in that 63 years is going to prepare you for what's coming in the grave. How long are we going to be in the grave? Only Allah knows. It could be a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, four thousand years. What's our condition going to be? It's dependent on how we live in this dunya. How much we feared Allah. How much good we did and how much haram we abstained from. And this will come with Islamic knowledge. And then comes eternity. Then, you know, Qiyamah is 50,000 years long. Did you know the day of Qiyamah is 50,000 years long? Can we understand that? Then comes the, the year after, Jannah Jahannam, which is eternal. How are we still not p- paying attention? How are we still not in prepared? We can prepare. It's, this is the amazingness of insan. We are amazing creatures. Because we can invest a lot of money and time because I want to buy a house in 10 years time. And I'll pay that house over so long. We put all the planning and investment into this. We study for years for this investment. We strive, we sacrifice. And then, you pass away. You got the house, here's the keys, and then you pass away. What, what success is there? 
the message is ayyuhal muslimun my brothers in islam my sisters in islam think the bigger picture be an intelligent muslim this is what umar ibn al-khattab said the intelligent person you want to see a clever guy don't look at his the deen's list like i said that's a good thing you know we said strive for perfection but a real intelligent person is the one who takes himself into account before he's taken account of he's the one who will prepare for the akhirah and not only for this dunya allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding Allah Azza wa Jal bless us with beneficial knowledge of worldly knowledge and more importantly with Islamic knowledge as well. Amin ya Rabbil Alameen. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashadu ala ilaha 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 il